Hello, everybody, and welcome to the HTML All the Things podcast, episode number 51, Rapid Development and Deployment. I'm your host, Matt Lawrence, and I'm joined again by my co-host, Mike Coran. If you've enjoyed the podcast so far and you want to support us, there are a couple ways you can do that. You can review us on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform that you listen to this on. You can also check us out on Patreon. We only have a couple of tiers on there right now, but you can uh, get your name shouted out as well as have uh, your website link shared in our show notes, and that's our $3 tier. And probably the most important one, just kind of share this with your friends, tell anyone that you think would be interested or anyone who is starting development or even experienced in development, especially web development, to come and check us out. That would be much appreciated. And of course, if you just kind of want to hang out and chat with us, you can do that on our Discord server. Our link will be in the show notes as well. You can come join us and uh, we always kind of talk about random development, little jobs we're doing, projects, uh, problems, there's a bunch of chat rooms or channels or whatever, uh, whatever Discord calls them. And we have uh, many discussions on various elements of the web development cycle. I kind of wanted to have a more trendy term than that. But anyway, the web development environment, different wing, different uh, languages than that. But anyway, without me trailing off here, I'm going to pass it off to Mike for his weekly pain point. Mike, take it away. All right. Uh, so my weekly pain point this week is eye strain. Um, I don't know. I've been having some issues because I'm staring at a screen so much. And there's there's not much you can do about like not staring at a screen all day, considering that's our job. And most of most of the time on for our job, we have to stare at a screen. And I mean, like, you can go and take breaks from the from the screen and stuff like that. But essentially, like a, a lot of my even entertainment aspects, like the stuff that I do out, outside of my job, are either gaming or watching TV or watching like it's still staring at a screen. So I'm constantly staring at a screen. So it's a, it's a problem. And then before I go to bed, um, I want to read something and I usually read on my phone. Like I have a phone, like an ebook app on my phone and I try to, I, and it's night, like at nighttime and with the lights off, my phone just doesn't get like dim enough. And it still kind of sears my eyes, even though I've put like a bunch of like, you know, blue light protection screen filters on it and stuff like that. There's nothing I can, there's nothing I can do that really stop it. I don't have an AMOLED screen, so I can't, it's not that inky black and it's not as dim as I want it to. So that, that kind of, uh, was kind of a bummer um so what i did with uh prime day is i actually bought an ebook reader so i'm going to try that to hopefully uh use that e-ink display and get give my eyes a break um hopefully that'll work we'll we'll see what about you matt uh well interestingly enough um i think one of the things that you could actually do just as a it's just to add to your thing is like mm-hmm. maybe like those glasses those like computer glasses maybe just as a brief I mean, I'm not yeah. an eye expert, so like, I don't actually know if that would help that much. But like, I mean, maybe they help. I don't really know much about them. Yeah, I might, I might actually try one of the one a pair out. I know my wife actually bought a pair recently, and it says she said that it did help her. Uh, I never had really issues with the like the monitor, like as much as like last week. It was kind of annoying because I had just spent so much time in front of it. But I've never really had issues with my like com- computer monitor. It was mostly my phone. So I don't know if like lying in bed with those glasses on would help at all. Like, I wonder if that would help. I don't know if anyone does that or not. Let let, let us know if you ever like have used those. Uh, I don't know. The Spectrum I think makes a pair of computer glasses, computer lenses. Um, I, I'm sure there's many many other companies out there, but I wonder if anyone ever uses them for sleep, like just before bed. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Uh, there's like blue light filter ones, but then there's another one too, right? There's blue like light a, protection, like the, the the glasses have blue light protection built in. 
That's that's what uh, that's what oh, is that it? Are. Like there's not yeah, like, I thought a, there was a computer, a computer like literally well. a computer blue like a, if you just type into Amazon like computer glasses, you'll usually get like the blue light protection glasses. There's okay. a, it's a there's a separate thing called computer lenses, which is for people that have progressive prescriptions. Um, this is getting like a little bit optical here, but uh, if you have a progressive pre- prescription, essentially it means that you can you're nearsighted and farsighted, and the prescription the the prescription will give you like a corridor where you can look like up a little bit and you can see closer to like farther away and you can look down a little bit and you can see closer to you and a computer lens kind of adjusts that so that it works perfectly for a monitor but that's not what we're looking for here that's completely separate oh that's pretty interesting but yeah definitely not what we're into but all right well that's gonna be interesting uh and then my uh my weekly pain point uh, has actually been uh been still fighting with uh with these these freaking inputs so uh, I think last year or last last year, yeah, last year it's been that been that long of an issue. But last week we were we were fighting. I was fighting with the different inputs. And I think I was complaining about that. But like now we have this weird problem where it will like detect them and then invert the two. So like Audacity was like reporting that it was using my actual like microphone that I want, but it was actually using my webcam and then it was using something else. Like it was a mess. So that's been my weekly pain point. Um, because realistically, my, the rest of my week has been relatively smooth. I've just been designing the. HTML All the Things website, which uh, I'm sure we'll probably touch on today if we have time uh, as well. But um, without further ado, this is a uh, mic-heavy episode. We still need that slogan, Mike, uh, but this is a mic-heavy episode, so I'm going to kind of pass it off to you uh, for the first segment, which is uh, front-slash-back-end front choice discussion. So take it away. All right. Uh, yeah, so this is going to be kind of one of those more discussion episodes, I think, and uh, what I'm planning on doing is I'll go through uh my thought process and choices that i've made so far in regards to the new redesign of the html all the things website and i it's going to be interesting because there's going to be a lot of new technology that we're going to discuss and the reason that this episode is named rapid development and deployment is because the last time we went through this whole process my biggest problem really was deployment and quickly being able to quickly develop and then deploy that 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 was my biggest uh issue that was my biggest pain point i guess and this time I'm trying to solve that and trying to do it on kind of like a, a $0 budget as well, which is another challenge for myself um, because it's completely possible now, which is cool. And I'll explain it in, in, in more detail. And I kind of think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through uh, the back end first. And we'll, I think we'll bounce some stuff off be- between us because I'm sure you're going to have some questions on uh, how everything works and what, what we're going to do. And it's probably going to be very relative to what people would be asking in, in this kind of scenario. So feel free to kind of interrupt me uh, or just, you know, after I finish talking, you can ask me the questions you want. It, it's up to you. So for the back end of this site, we wanted to do a headless CMS or some sort of, we were like last, in the last discussion episode, we were talking about what kind of CMS we wanted to do. Do we want to roll our own? Do we want to have a, you know, we were essentially trying to figure out our infrastructure and we didn't really land on anything, but I think that at the end of the conversation, we started talking about a headless CMSs and we were both kind of started becoming interested in it. We, we didn't have too much experience in it, but I think I, I, we kind of started to roll with it. So now it's been a few weeks since that time. And I think we're, I'm at the point where I can com- comfortably say that headless CMS is the way for us to go for us to be able to do this quickly and efficiently and be able to have all the features that we want. So the first thing I did was I kind of looked at what are the options uh, and I landed on one called sanity.io and it actually is highly recommended by the syntax guys, Wes Boss and Scott Talinsky. They've been uh, 
they've been apparently using it for a really long time. And then they got sponsored by it for a while ago. Uh, and they've been saying a lot of things. So I decided to just take a look. Why not? Uh, and I took a look, spun up a site really quickly. Um, and it was actually like a really interesting method because it, it's, they give you an opportunity to not only use their hosting for the backend for the CMS, but they also sync it lo- to your local dev environment for you. So they have a whole infrastructure, a whole Webpack infrastructure in place that allows you to kind of code locally and then just hit like a, a deploy command and it, it just automatically deploys to their hosting that you connect through their command line inf- interface. It's a whole, it's a really interesting system, really easy to set up. Like I, I can't stress it enough how easy it was to set up from the, from the get go. And I, now I'm able to kind of have the local files on my computer. If I'm not, if I don't want to constantly have to deploy, I don't have to constantly deploy. I can do everything on, on my local host. And then when I want to deploy and test something live, I can immediately type like, you know, it's, I think it's like a sanity deploy or something, something really simple. And it automatically puts it onto the the, the the hosted link. And they have a free tier. And this free tier is actually really, like, it's very con- decent considering what we're going to be doing with it. It has enough to, I think, give us runway for a very long time. Like, I don't expect our sites to get, you know, millions of views right away. That's the thing. Like, I'm, I am expecting growth, but I'm not expecting, like, us to get hit and DDoSed and all that. So... I, I don't think it's going to be an issue. And the other thing is, is that I'm going to use a, an interesting method um, to try to mitigate the amount of times we're actually calling our backend. So I'm going to try to do it so that uh, our website is actually pre-rendered, server-side rendered. And I'll talk about that in the next segment. But while it's being server-side rendered, it'll do all the calls when it's actually doing the deployment. And after that, it'll just be on the website, like on, on the front end separately. And it won't be actually making too many calls to our back end well, other me, than for some very specific things. Go ahead. Let me ask you that. Let me ask you a question then. So, okay. One of the things I'm thinking of is the, so at a high level and, you know, you not necessarily using proper terminology, this is essentially, so uh sanity IO for us, is going to be our CMS. And then yep. that's going to basically like, as we type in information into the forms that we create, mm-hmm. that will basically generate a database that our website will be set up on a different server to use, like it'll pull the information. Now, this is where my question lies in that particular part in the pulling. How does that work with loading? So what I mean by that is a customer, uh, a user comes in, they come to, you know, this isn't the actual, this isn't the actual domain, but just in the, uh, in the, Swiftness. I can't talk tonight now. It's okay, in, the, yeah. in the swiftness of speaking. Swiftness yes, that's incorrect. <laughs> yes, that's incorrect. My hands are waving around because I can't think of it. Just anyone. Everyone just simmer down. Get your Websters and hit me up on Twitter. Now, <laughs> can't speak. But anyway, in the swiftness of words, <clears throat> hat.com. I was, trying to, I was trying to like tell people that we didn't own that domain because I'm sure someone else does. But anyway, hat.com. If someone goes to hat.com, and it's trying to load, let, let's just hypothetically say it's just the logo, right? Trying to pull that image. Even things like render blocking JS gets flagged on like a page speed type of thing where it'll be like, mm-hmm. hey, like you're render blocking this, you know, this is like adding seconds to this. Is, are we going to experience the same sort of render blocking thing where like it's going to, I don't know, maybe panic or it's not going to load properly? Or are we supposed to be caching this on our server, like on the web server? Like, okay. do you know, do you know what I'm trying to ask? Like, yeah, yeah, like what, what's that performance like? Like what happens there? 
So let me let me explain it. So how it works, uh, and we're using a thing called server-side rendering, and I'll be talking about that like right, right now. I can talk about it right now, essentially. So that's the, Sanity is going to handle our backend, and how our front-end is going to work is it's going to be server-side rendering. And what that means is that when I do a deployment to our front-end server, it will go in and run through all the different back-end endpoints that it needs, and it'll build our site into HTML, CSS, and JavaScript from all the different backend backend endpoints. And when a person goes to our site, they won't actually be hitting our backend. They'll be hitting the fully rendered site that's on our server, the fully like built site that's on our server that's already hit those backends for us and generated all that content. Oh, that's interesting. So it's not like, it, it's not always like, you know, user shows up. It's not going like, okay, like... Check that user. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. check, check, check sanity. You know, give me that image. Like, that's what no. I was worried about, that, like, sort of, like, handoff so that, there. That's how currently our HTML, the things website works, is how you're describing it. Right. And that's why we're having a little bit of issues with SEO or why we had issues with SEO and we had to do some rigmarole. So to alleviate that, I decided to go into server-side rendering. And that's the way that, like, it essentially creates static pages for you. Right. Right? And it's when you look at the HTML and CSS, it's all already there. Like, all your content that you that you would have already, like, called is already there because it already made all those calls for you. And you were saying that it happens upon the front end building. Yes. So hypothetically, you know, obviously this is like a standard use case. So I, you know, I, I write a new article on Tailwind, let's say Tailwind CSS. Yes. I write a new article tonight. Let's let's say this is all set up, write a new article tonight. And then in the swiftness of words, as I've now coined it, I now like go in quickly, you know, ra- rapid fire out my article, you know, paste it into our CMS, format it all, publish. Now, do I have to then go into a CMD and tell the front end to build or does does uh San- i keep it getting nuxt and sanity confused so yeah. does sanity then tell nuxt hey bud build a, build a new website and nuxt goes okay and then like builds it and then that's it like how does so, that work so there there will be you have to set a build so it has to it has to tell the sanity the nuxt js to build for sanity okay um so that 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 is an extra step that we're going to have to do on every content push but as far as I know, there is ways to integrate it so that it automatically builds every time you do an update to the back end. I haven't looked into that for like, it's I haven't like got a listener there yet. somewhere, right? Like a exactly. Listener yeah. Like there's some numbers. sort of listener and you can set it up and I, I'm pretty sure Netlify will handle it for me. But again, I haven't gotten there yet. I've heard about it, but essentially that is the kind of negative of this whole situation is the fact that our back end, like when we do an update on our back end, we'll have to make sure that the build happens on our front end. It's a really easy build process. To be fair, right. so it should be it should be fairly simple. And again, I I am going to set up some sort of I think it's going to be called a hook, where it's going to build on update of the backend. So I am going to set that up. That is the plan. Okay. Uh, and and I have heard that that's what people do. So that's it's not like an outlier or thing. It's like that that will be set up. So most likely, we, I, according to us, nothing will happen. But you are a hundred percent correct that that is what's going to happen. I got like you. every every time you do a backend update, the front end will detect that. And automatically do a build and deploy, and it'll update with that with that stuff that you did. So it's it's a slower process. Um, the the updates might not appear for everyone immediately because we will be using a CDN, so it might take some time to propagate on every single thing that we that we put on the site. But it's not like a significant amount of time. You know what like I mean? It's not going to be an hour. It'll be exactly like, you know, within a it minute might, or two or something. No, no, it might be it might be an hour. Like it might be an hour. Like oh, it, it might, might post a post. Yeah, because it's a CDN, right? A CDN has to go in and 
uh, like depending on where you are in the world, you'll have a different CDN server. And right. whatever, depending on where that is, it might take a different amount of time for that CDN server to get updated. Now, how so how standard is this? So like, obviously, if we take if we take a look at probably the biggest standard out there, which is WordPress for a blog, we're just looking one to one. You know, I like, like I said, I wrote a Tailwind article on there. Let's say I wrote a Tailwind article for WordPress for the sake of testing and example purposes. So like what. What would this like in terms of I guess, I guess what I'm trying to ask is like how common is the thing that we're about to set up in the marketplace? Like, is it is it a standard that even customers are like, oh, OK, or is this something that's like very much like we're developers? We know what's going on. So customers like it's not ready for in customers. What, in what in what way do you mean by well, what what way do you mean customers? Like, is this is this prototype is, I guess, what I'm asking? Like, it, are there sites today? Like if, if a customer approached us tomorrow and mm-hmm. asked us to set up the equivalent of HTML, all the things, would we pitch this to them or would we pitch WordPress to them? Like if they don't have a preference, hypothetically, they have no preference of like what CMS they're using. They're like, hey, I need to write stuff on my blog. Okay, boom, that's it. That's the that's the thing. Do we tell them this method and we go, hey, we'll ship you with this? Or do you think there might be some confusion with the CDN and the lack of updates here and there and that type of thing so that, so, that you should be using WordPress for customers and that this isn't ready yet? Or is this I, is this fully done? This is fully done. Like okay. the, the server-side rendering thing has been happening for a very long time. And I'm pretty sure that uh, WordPress kind of uses a, cer- a certain method for it. Like the, I'm not sure exactly how long the CDNs are going to take to update. That, right. This, like I don't know yet because I haven't done. I've been, using the C- I've been using the CDN off feature just because I'm doing quick testing. Right, right, right. I haven't tested with the CDN. I've just heard when I've been reading that that is one of the things that you have to expect. Like some CDNs are going to take longer to deploy. Longer might be, like you said, maybe minutes. I thought it was going to be hours or hour, but I might be wrong. So that's something that I, I don't have an answer for for you now. Um, but it, I, I, this is something that is used in the industry quite often. It's not a crazy thing to use. And as long as you set expectations with your customer, as long as you tell them, like, listen, you're going to write this thing and it's going to propagate to your site and it might take a certain amount of time and i don't know what that amount of time is people can correct me and let, let me know exactly what what they've experienced because I, I am curious um but if you tell them the, the amount of time and you let them know i'm sure that it's completely normal for a customer to know that like for, for a customer to use, customer to use that but i i think it, it if i were to recommend this or if i were to recommend something like this it would be for a very specific case like if, okay. it's, if we're building a more complicated application for a customer that requires certain custom features that CMSs like WordPress, uh, well, I mean, everything could be built in WordPress, but I'm saying like for us, it would be a complicated thing to do in WordPress where it would be easier for us to do it in this, then it would be that. If it's like a simple blog website or a simple business card website or something, I wouldn't recommend this kind of solution probably. Right. Although that could that could change. Like the reason that I'm kind of going into this is because of how quick I could get stuff set up and how cheap I can get it set up. That's another thing. Like if you both of these solutions, like I'm going to be using for the front end, I, I want to get into that a little bit. So next.js is a, a a framework for Vue.js, which allows it to be server side rendered. That's all it is. And it, it's a little bit like the, the cool thing about it is it's a little bit um easier to understand if you're a more like straight web developer that hasn't gone into frameworks i think a little bit easier at least the structure and the routing of it because it handles routing and pages for you um you don't have to worry about setting up a router dot dot view file and stuff like that as long as you put stuff in the pages folder which is kind of a structure of like a, a regular cms site um 
it, that that's that's the way it kind of it handles their routing. So you essentially set up a page structure in a folder with all the different pages, and then each effort each different you can put folders in that folder, and you can put multiple pages. Like it, it's kind of a, a more a simpler way to put it, and I'll and I'll explain it to you when when you start developing for it, uh, Matt. But for you, it should be a little bit simpler to understand to understand and pick up than just regular components in view, where you have to like do. Um, more of more of the routing yourself. Uh, that that I think was a little bit more complicated. That that's just the, the kind of like a, a top of the line top opinion. But essentially, what it also lets you do Nux.js is completely control the head attribute of every page separately, and that's a big portion of what we need for SEO, right? So every page needs to have a different head, different titles. Uh, every everything has to have uh, its own metadata and stuff like that for us to be able to do proper SEO, and that's that's what we were lacking with uh, a regular view site, a regular single page app site. We need that the site to be broken up in different pages. We need to have a better sitemap approach to this this website if we want to be searchable, if we want to be, you know, found on every single uh, web like I'm pretty sure Bing doesn't even see us because we're a single single page oh, web wow. app. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So and I that, I'm not and, sure and Bing, Bing not is sure kind of big too actually. Yeah, Bing is kind of like it it is small like it's small compared to Google, but I I think it is something that we want to take on. Like we want we want Bing to be able to see us. We want DuckDuckGo to be able to see us and stuff like that. Now, it could be like because we're just not doing something correctly on a single page web app, but essentially if we were if we were a regular website with pages, yeah. separate pages, uh it it would have already indexed us. So what what this will alleviate is that ability to to be able to be seen by all the different search engines, to be able to be shared easily by Facebook. That was another issue with single page web apps is that uh, the sharing was a little bit limited. Like we could do it on a page to page basis, but we we had limited functionality. Like remember, we weren't able to do that uh, share to feed, I think was the thing or share to friends feed or something like there was a certain there was a certain feature in Facebook sharing that we couldn't do. Uh, and that was literally just not supported in that kind of uh, sharing uh, method. So I, there's nothing I could do about like adding it in or anything like that. You, the only way to do it is to do the server side rendering solution. So that that solves that problem too. So and and it also allows us to keep some of our logic from our old website because again, this is Nuxt, Nuxt is built on view. All the view methods, all the view life cycles, all that still in play. So anything that I put in there for logic, for like refreshing, for keeping an endless that endless uh, scrolling, all that can be reused, which is good too. Like we don't have to redevelop it from scratch. So that that's kind of where where my decision lies with uh, with using Nuxt, and then that Nuxt will then be hosted on a platform called Netlify and. We've talked about Netlify a little bit in the past, and on on our Discord, actually, we talk about it here and there. Um, and people have like, actually, I didn't even use it until someone on Discord was like, "Oh my god, it's so easy!" And I went on there, and I literally signed up for an account, hooked up my GitHub to it, and had one of my sites on GitHub hosted in a matter of maybe two minutes. It was a maybe a two minutes thing, and I was like, "Which what is incredible." Is yeah, which is ridiculous considering that that's all like literally fully hosted. So that that blew me away. And then I was like, wait, it's hosted from my GitHub, which means that if I update that branch, it'll auto deploy. And then I, that's what I did. Like I updated that branch, hit push, and then it auto deployed for me the change to my hosting thing. And I was like, oh my God, this is continuous integration. So this is, this is something that like I would literally pay money to develop a system to do this on a separate host. And this host has it built in. And then like, the when we first talked about it i was saying that 45 dollars was a little bit steep for the business plan for the for the upgraded plan but 
looking at it from a continuous integration perspective, that's cheap. That's extremely cheap. Like you would pay developers hundreds and hundreds of dollars to develop a system like, like that for you, maybe thousands, and then to keep it up to date as well. Like we've had issues uh, doing it for one of our clients where we had one developed for us and then it just came became out of date and we had to get it redeveloped. Like it was just an issue. Like we actually had one of these things developed fully for us. I think it was on a Jira uh, Jenkins, on a Jenkins system just to do this kind of thing. And once I realized that, I went to that client, that same client that we've been working with for a long time. And I'm like, listen, we can do our development stuff, our development testing on San- on uh, Netlify, and it will do continuous integration for us. And from what I can see, we don't need to pay for it really. Like the, the free tier will be enough for our development side. Like, right. yes, when we go, when we go to the like production, I would suggest getting the paid tier. And he, when he saw, like, when he saw how it worked, like we, like I, I did the same thing kind of that I did with him. So I was like, okay, hook, set up an account, hook it to our, to your bit bucket and host, like select the, the site that you want to deploy. And he, and he went through it and it maybe was like about, about five minutes and he had a deployed site. And then I'm like, okay, now make a change in your, in VS code and push the change. And then he got a notification that his change was pushed and deployed, and he was like, he was blown away, as as was I, um, because this is exactly what we were looking for. And then he was like, and then he looked at the price, and he's like, wow, forty five dollars is extremely cheap for something like this. Like he doesn't, you know what I mean? Like this is this is something that he paid hundreds of dollars for before. So Netlify is extremely cost effective and extremely powerful. So I don't I don't really know how they're doing it, and I'm sure there's other services that are similar to it at this point. Um, that are doing something similar, but they have for, for the free tier, they have, I think enough bandwidth for us for like a, at least a few months runway until like my guess is until the site gets a good amount of traffic where we're actually essentially generating enough income from it to be able to pay for the hosting without a problem. I think that's how they even cater to you. Like that's how they get they're the people paying them the, the decent amount of money because they literally give enough of the free tier to pay to to get people to the point where they're generating income so they don't care about paying that forty five dollars. Which well, makes the, perfect sense to me. The good thing about that too is it's like a bit of a it's like a bit of leeway where in, in, in such a way where it's like those that are motivated are just going to push through it anyway. You know what I mean? Like if we push if we push through it and we end up making money from our site and we end up having to pay for the the Netlify, we'll We'll be at such a stage in which we don't care if we have to pay. You know what I mean? It'll exactly. be like the, like the snowball will be like figuratively rolling already. It's like, oh, we got to go. You know, we're in the midst of a run here. And it's like, okay, let's whatever. Here, here's your $40 or $10 or whatever it is. Here's your money. And we're going to keep rolling here because, you know, we have some momentum here on the site. Let's just get going. And so it, like, I, it's kind of strategically priced because like when you were showing me that as well, like I was like really surprised. I was like, this is like a little bit ridiculous. And then last – um. Last week, I think you showed me uh, Sanity IO, which is like the the backend stuff, and I was impressed with that as well. So, I mean, this this does sound more us. Um, I did have one question though. So, like you were saying, it's you know you don't have to set up routers and all this other crap, um, and that's not hardware routers; that's software routing, just for those. Um, so, I guess my question is: is we used I use Webflow and Couch, which is it closer to, and you know, couch. compare them, I guess, compare and contrast. Oh, so it is closer to couch. Yeah, because because in, for your intents and purposes, like for your intents and purposes, how you're going to be coding is just straight HTML and CSS. So how you're going to be laying out the pages is going to be essentially the same way you would lay them out in couch, except in the same file for your HTML and CSS for each page. Okay. 
So there's not going to be a difference for you for laying out the pages, if that makes sense. Now, hooking it up to the back end is going to be also similar to Couch. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, because you're going to be doing the same thing with like the for loops and stuff like like It's going to be a very similar system with a li- slightly different syntax because obviously Couch is PHP based. Yeah, of right? course, of course. But like, it's going to be the mustache, like the, the you know the handlebars stuff, like like the swiggly for, brackets and yeah, you're, like, exactly. putting in titles and whatever else. Yep. That's going to be how it's going to be. So it's it's way closer to Couch than Webflow, but way more extensible, obviously, than Couch because we can do whatever we want. Like I showed you the toggles. Like my, I, I just figured out the uh, images, pu- putting Im- like doing images through the CDN, and like that was really easy to figure out as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's all done again by Sanity's backend service. Like all I need, all they gave us an API to be able to create URLs for the images that they host for us. Like it's crazy to me that th- this is all free essentially for the first part. And then it's again, in my opinion, I don't think we're going to be paying until we're generating an income. And at that point, as we saw, like when we took a look at it, the little bit extra, like the, the next jump is very easy because it's kind of usage based and it's really affordable usage based. So I don't like in, And the second thing is let's say that sanity starts becoming too complicated, like too expensive. Sanity gives us the ability to take it because it's an open source software and put it on any other uh, hosting platform, DigitalOcean, whatever other hosting platform oh, we wow. want. Oh, wow. That's really good. Like, yes. Holy and crap. The, with the fact that they allow a full sync for your local and their uh, deployment environment, including the, the the content and the database, it's as easy as me just pushing that repo, the synced repo on my local computer to the digital ocean and setting up some routing and stuff there with uh nginx or whatever that's all it would take wow like this is like which it's just almost uncanny honestly like i mean like, like obviously people are probably thinking like you're overreacting a bit but like the fact of the matter is is like we were arguing for literally not arguing like we were like literally discussing for like a whole afternoon whether or not we use webflow whether or not we use some other cms what do we use do we use webflow wordpress uh couch like what do we use for this and like this thing seems to check like so many boxes it's almost like as if we made it you know like we made our own custom cms it's almost like we just were like that's it and just made our own (laughs) cms with all the features that we you know we're trying to check the boxes off of that with that day that we were talking because we were literally talking for like eight hours like yeah people don't realize that like these conversations take a long time it's you know some people just go ham and just be like oh wordpress all right and there's like you know run off into the room and start firing off wordpress but like for something that i that i really want to have a solid base i want to have like a full infrastructure discussion where it's like where are we doing this where's the data where's that and this is like seriously it's actually uncanny how many boxes this checks off it's it's weird yeah and without that discussion i don't think we would have gotten to that point like we wouldn't have gotten to being able to find this solution that's that's where i kind of that's where i kind of landed on this because we discussed so many different scenarios at that point that it just made so much like when i got here when i got to this point i was like this just makes perfect sense like everything in this is exactly as we want to the very t and we can customize it to what we want like we can put those toggles in is it featured is it a third is it a third party article you know is it a community a spot like and it's everything is like super easy to put in and then we can pull those things and we can query uh sanity has their own query language which i was first a little bit uh skeptical about but in upon using it like really briefly it's actually very powerful and extremely efficient because i'm literally for the, like the hub page as you would call it i'm literally querying only you know name 
and like the cover image and uh, like the date or something like that. Like, that's all. I, that's all I would be querying, and that's all the, the the data that I would get back for that query. I wouldn't get back the whole spiel and have to like parse it myself, which is great, obviously for the amount of data going back and forth for the server and for uh, just efficiency on that page. Like it doesn't have to load that much. It just has to load those three little text blurbs, essentially just the link and three, two different text blurbs. Um, and you can do that with any, you can kind of cross query. So everything inside of sanity, any kind of collection that you create, if you, if you understand collections with uh I'm assuming Couch does it, but I know Webflow does it for sure too. Webflow's big uh, into it, yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. So that that's the same way it does it here. So and you can do like cross reference fields inside of each collection, so you can cross reference the collections. So a post collection can cross reference the author author collection. So like you know when you're writing a post, you can then ser- you can then uh, add an author from your author collection that you've previously added. So all your authors are going to be like you know me, you, uh, everything. You can just check a drop down menu click on yourself and then you are all your information is automatically propagated right because you've already created your author object and then you, and that author object can have its own separate page because it is a separate collection that's, yeah that, that, that's exactly how i do it in webflow for people exactly. with their blogs and multiple yeah. authors yeah for sure exactly so that's exactly how this system works but it's fully customizable obviously without any limitations so um that's the cool thing about it. And I like, again, I really like the open source of everything here. Like everything that we are using technically is open source, obviously other than the hosting, because it's a hosting platform. Uh, it's their servers and stuff like that. But essentially what that means is that let's say our, the hosts like San, like the potential for this happening is possible. Sanity or Netlify can be like, we can't afford the free tier anymore. We have to go up and you, you have to pay 20 bucks a month because we can't afford the free tier. Well, we can then go like, okay, well, we can't afford to pay you $20 a month at this point. We'll take this code and put it on DigitalOcean for $5. We, or Netlify, same thing. We can't afford to pay $45. Well, we'll take this code and put it on like Blue Bluehost or whatever. Like the, the code that we're using can go on any hosting platform essentially, right? It Espe- so it, it doesn't need like... Because obviously one of the caveats is is like if you want to use Node, for example, like a so, common thing, that's DigitalOcean. But you can't do that on a standard like, you know, HostGator or something like that. That's more of a standard hosting. I believe Sanity. I'm not sure. I, I'm, I know for sure Nux.js, 100%. You don't need Node or anything like that. Like that's fully that, that fully compiles to regular CSS, HTML, JavaScript, just like just like Vue.js does. Right. That's that's how Vue.js works. So you can put that on any host. We could put that on our on our hosting platform that we use, like any hosting platform we use. That does not require any special servers. The backend sanity, I'm not 100 percent sure. I think it does use Node. So again, that would be something like a, 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 so the decision would be between DigitalOcean, uh, Amazon, you know, web services, uh, stuff like that. Like it would be the, the decision between those kinds of hosts. I'm pretty okay. sure. Yeah. Okay. But regardless, we'd have choice, right? Well, that, for the back end. that answers my next question is I was going to say, like, so right now we have like a fair bit of content on the website, most of it's show notes, and we kind of have to do manual data entry to get it over into Sanity and Nuxt, like into this new sort of thing. And so one of the questions I was going to ask is like, how versatile is this data moving forward? Like, it, do we, are we going to have to do data entry again in like two years or something when we decide to do another thing? Um, or are we going to be... Like, are we going to be like, are we going to have an insurance policy? <clears throat> Should be. And clearly we do. You know, clearly we have an insurance policy where we can just be like, okay, I don't like Sanity's rates. I'm just going to go somewhere else kind of thing. And so yeah, that, exactly. that answers my next question. So, yeah. 
So perfect. So I, I it makes sense to me. Um, now I'm not like 100% committed to this. Like if we, if we go down the, if I go down a rabbit hole and figure out that there's one thing that I'm missing, or if like we've, we've discussed it with now on, on the podcast, if someone comes and, you know, goes into our discord or contacts us on Twitter or whatever, and tells us that we're missing a very big portion of this, like we're misunderstanding something, uh, I'm not like, we're not going to be fully locked into this yet because we're still in the point of just develop like a pre-development uh, and you're still in the point of just making the wireframes. We're not like fully committed to this, but I think that this is a very, very viable option. Yeah, um, for sure. And I'm definitely going to keep pushing forward. Like my next step, like right now I've made it kind of so that I can pull all the critical information I would need for a hub kind of page. My next step is to make it so that I can then drill deeper and go like into a separate page page so that we could, if you click on one of the you know pages, you get a full you get all the information you would need to create a, you know, a separate page for like a podcast or a separate page for a blog post. I want to make sure that that's a simple process as well. I'm sure it is, but that's, that's kind of the next step. And once I have that fully integrated, um, I think I'll be very confident in saying if we're going to be using this or not, like 100%. That's, that's, that's going to be my decision-making process, I think. So there's one more step that I want to do. If I, if that works, then it's all good to go. I've already tested the toggles. So like, it can display, I can query it so that it only gives me the featured content, the, the, the blog post that I have literally tagged, like, you know, did the switch for featured. Yeah. You toggled it great. on. Yeah. Yeah. I toggled it on. So, and I can query only for that content, which is great. Um, I don't even have to query for everything and then go in and, uh, you know, iterate through every single one of them and then check if it's featured, I can query it so that it only gives me the featured, which is what I wanted. Uh, so it, it's looking really solid everything about it I've, I've so far liked uh i'm kind of um, again like 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 you were saying it's kind of like one of these things where you just look at it and you're like how did we not think of this before like how did like it's like almost created for us and i'm sure that's what a lot of people using it do think because it's a very very intuitive system and that's i think this is the evolution of web development uh deployment and stuff like that i think this is the next step because before like obviously handling all the hosting uh intricacies doing like the digital ocean was great uh but doing you know the the docker containers and the docker files and the docker compose that was that was using up i don't know almost all of my energy so i was literally spending hours upon hours figuring out deployment this has fully taken that like away gone i can put all my energy into just doing the the you know coding yeah. essentially only the front end because the back end is already coded for us we just it's it's essentially a gui like we can create field collections we can do all this stuff like there is some things that i that i can adjust in code and i do adjust like you can make schemas but it's essentially just adding json files like you for each thing like for a post you just add a json file with what you need inside of it for what the post is going to be and then it automatically propagates to the uh to the sanity cms and when you click on add a post it'll have all the fields that you put in that json file so that's a super simple like for me that that that's really easy to work with because I JSON is one of my strong suits. So that was another positive thing about Sanity is like I can work with JSON, I can work with that structure. That's something that I can easily do. Whereas learning PHP and figuring that out, that's something that I could do, but that would take way too long for me to spin up, and I have way too many other things to do on the go. This is something that I can easily do on the go. So that's essentially it for the Sanity side of it. Like just no JSON. That's it. Uh, and on the, the front end side, know how to query sanity, but then it's just view, which is something that I use literally on a daily basis for work anyway, for all my client work. So that's not an issue either. So that's why I think this is kind of the perfect middle ground solution where I can 
um it's not a fully like a fully you know set up system of our own like we're not creating a cms from scratch like we wanted to and that's maybe something that i still want to do in the future that's still a possibility of something that i would want to do but uh, at this point like we said in the in the previous ep- in the previous discussion episode we just don't have the bandwidth the time for doing that right now and this is the great intermediary step i think to to accomplishing all our goals in one kind of thing so that's kind of where i'll where i'll leave it i think for uh the discussion i i don't know if you have any other questions you want to well, I have a comment and actually, and, Go ahead, yeah. and, and and basically what it is is this is this kind of ties in perfectly to what the episode topic was last week, where like instead of you now spending all your bandwidth and all your time and stuff like that, because you have less experience with spinning things up, doing Docker containers and that whole bit, now you have like a tool that just does that for you, and now you're able to spend time actually doing the stuff that you know, so you can just rapid fire right through it, and who cares that it's built by somebody else? You know, we all all of us have that tendency, like even at the end there, we we're discussing like, hey. We maybe we'll make our own CMS one day kind of thing, right? We all the I, I find that like any creator always has the tendency to want to create everything from, you know, virtually the ground up or at least like as close to like the base of whatever you're building up. You know what I mean? Uh, like we're not going to get into like the sand to make the silicon to make your computer. But like, you know, we we would want to like start at the browser level and start building. But this is a prime example of like, hey, let's not do that. Let's do some tools that are in place do the research, get the conversation done, get the debating, figure out what features we need, and then bang, you know, this is exactly what we were looking for, almost to the letter. And so, it's just something that I thought would thought tied into the last episode rather well. Um, and I'm really excited to actually start using this thing, because I wouldn't mind, you know, using a more, um, there's nothing wrong with Couch CMS, but I wouldn't mind using something a little bit more versatile, and something that isn't as closed in as Webflow as well. So I can kind of have these three tools, where it's like a real small site, I can use Couch, if we're using like a, like a, if you just want a, a straight up website with like really excellent performance and it doesn't have any sort of web app features at all, then that's more Webflow in my opinion. Um, and then there's also obviously this is like a bit more versatile where it's like if we have you know we have more expandability. If you think that so today you're going to do a WordPress blog or like a, an equivalent to a WordPress blog, and then you know in in a, in a while you're going to have some crazy scheduling software and all this other stuff that WordPress doesn't support even via plugins, then it's like okay maybe we need to use this kind of stack. So. Yeah. Um, so, so the in- the interesting thing, and, and now that you mention it, uh, is that this this also gives the ability for future future like changing the backend in the future or integrating a separate backend for something else. So, so say that uh, they have an idea for a site, like we create something for someone, and then they're like, "Well, my client has a WordPress backend, and he has a bunch of information that I need to put on the site." What you can do with this kind of solution is literally connect the WordPress backend as well to your front end and use that use that information in any way you want. Because again, like like we talked about in the, the last discussion episode, WordPress has a uh, headless CMS API that you, literally generates an API for you for anything that you put in the backend of WordPress. So this allows you to use, again, connect to any sort of API connect to multiple APIs, like you can have three WordPresses on there if you want. I mean, that would be a little bit excessive, like obviously, like, but I could see it being, being a use case because again, a large client site, if they have, if they have retro systems that just need to be there, right? Like if there, if there's a retro system that has a massive database of stuff in it that we don't want to export and we don't want to deal with, and they don't want to pay for that. Like maybe we want to deal with it, but they don't want to pay the thousands of dollars it would take us to manipulate their their database and create a new database we could easily just retrofit that just that portion of their old wordpress site leave it on the hosting platform and connect it to a new completely new interface a new site and just use the data in there 
So it's kind of like, it is one of those, again, like you said, couch is super simple and super easy to set up because you, you're, you're super familiar with it for the, for the easy site. Webflow is good for kind of like the a little bit of a larger site with a little bit more control over the design aspect of it and stuff like that for the uh, consumer. And then this is the third and f- like this is the f- almost the final form of our of our system. So when we when we're going out to quote someone that has a larger a larger site and a larger ask for a site that needs multiple different things and they they have an open ended uh an open-ended thought process on what they want to do in the future like they don't know they don't want to be locked into something that has limitations then this is what i would recommend uh to build it now obviously this is more man hours more expensive and stuff like that but a lot of people will will understand that this is the right choice for them or not that's the kind of thing like you have to you have to it's on it's going to be on us like i always say it's on us with our clients it's going to be on us to explain it in this way for them to understand it and then we might have to iterate on that explanation over over the course of uh, the time that we use it. But I think this is definitely a, a, the step in the right direction. Yeah, I definitely agree. And uh, it's in one of the, one of the big positives and maybe it's just, maybe it's just a personal preference. Well, it, it is a personal preference is I really enjoy the fact that this also has a bunch of the custom fields already ready. I know we've had a discussion where you can add like toggles and all that kind of stuff to WordPress with plugins or maybe some, you know, making some of your own PHP and that type of thing. But in terms of just vanilla features, I really like the idea of, of handholding, even though it's us two and we know what we're doing and like could accept some of that bad UX. Why not make it rapid fire? If we're using a tool to make the, deployment of the website faster why wouldn't we use a tool to like why wouldn't we make the actual like publishing of the articles faster as well you know use the tool to its advantage and and i really like the fact that i'll get i'm gonna get some practice with sanity and that type of thing so that in the future i can easily spin that up for clients should they have you know a larger site than what webflow can accommodate or needs features that webflow can't or something like that that's definitely something that now is going to be on our ticket on our in, in our toolbox essentially so I'm, I'm I'm actually rather excited to get this up and running. Yeah. Um, now, if you're done with that, I think we can maybe jump into the wireframes here. We, this episode is going to be long, um, real long. Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> we can we we can we can do the wireframes and then wrap it up and maybe leave the web news for a separate discussion. Oh, we, we can are, we, we can always talk about it too because it is topical this week. Exactly. Yeah, we can always talk about it too. We could actually do a separate episode for the web news this week and see how that works out. Oh, so just like you're saying, just like cut the web, like we'll do the web news and just cut it out. Just, exactly. plan, just planning on the air here too. It's planning on air. Yeah. I mean, this is live. Like people want to hear live stuff. So here we go. Yeah. Maybe, you know live. what? Maybe we'll, maybe we'll give it a go. Like maybe yeah. release it on another day, whatever. Anyway, if you're yeah, listening we'll to this, we're going to be keep talking now, but maybe we'll have a web flow or maybe we'll have a uh, web news uh, in, in another episode or something like that. I don't know. We'll announce it at the end here, but uh, I'm going to, so you guys can't see it. So the listener can't see it, but I'm going to share my screen to Mike now, and I'm going to try to describe as much as what we're going through as I can. So basically I'm just going to kind of go through the uh, UX and some of the decisions I made with the website. And like I said, I'll transcribe as much as I can. So it's actually useful to the listener out there since there's no video associated with this. Um, So just give me one second here. Let me share that. If you can see that. Yep, I can see it. Okay, so basically what I have here is I've split up the wireframes into various things. So I have a nav bar. Each one of these pages is going to be a... There's a collection of them there. So there's desktop layouts, tablet layouts, uh, and phone layouts if it's applicable. So for this first set, I have a nav bar. It has the desktop layout and the mobile layout. So just as a brief discussion with this. So what I have did is I've come up with a basically one of the things with the nav bar, and this is more of a UX discussion, I think is one of the things with the nav bar 
is the fact that I wanted to have a bunch of information in there. So I have a bunch of placeholder icons here, as Mike can see, like a bunch of these are just BS. Like there's just like a money icon here, just, just mm-hmm. some random icons that I've selected and a couple Instagram ones. Obviously there's not going to be two, but we're in a lot of services and we want people to be able to absorb our content on the platform of their choice. And so I thought to myself, well, if I do a single row of for a nav bar, it's going to be way too small and we're going to be cramming things in there. But if I do anything different, like if I do a double decker, then it's taking too much space. So what I, what I thought of is literally, it's just going to be the default layout is going to be uh, two rows. So it's going to be the first row is going to have all our social and other icons that were and other platforms, that type of thing, as well as our logo. And then right underneath that, uh, just straight up centered is going to be our nav bar. And that's going to be our nav links, that type of thing. When you're scrolling, it's going to just transition. So I'm going to do a nice transition into a single, uh, into a single row. And that's going to be uh, at the top of the page. And again, all this is subject to change, but that's going to be at the top of the page. And that's just going to have your, your nav stuff like that. So you're going to be able to click on, you know, whether you want to go to the articles page, the podcast page, the community spotlight page, et cetera. You're just going to be to select that. Now, when it comes to the mobile layout, uh, it's a single row as well. So there's logo on the left-hand side. Then on the right-hand side, you have uh, the Navicon or the hamburger menu. And this is going to be actually on the bottom of the page. So the bottom of the page is going to be easier for you to actually hit with your thumb. So it's going to be at the bottom of the page. When you click it, a a drawer is eventually going to lift out. So it's just going to like come out in like a square. It's going to be full width. And it's going to have all your links in there. And then it's also good, like all your page links in there. And then it's also going to have all of your... Uh, social links in there as well, just like on the double decker desktop layout. So moving on to the homepage. So right now the homepage and our existing website is just a bunch of squares. Like everything's just a bunch of squares. Now I do still like some of that, uh, but I did change it up. So this time what we do is we have obviously our nav bar right at the top there, but I have similar to what we have right now for squares, but they're going to be our four featured articles. So this whole website is going to have be more, uh, content centric, I guess like that, I guess is the best word for that. And basically there's going to be, you know, featured filters and that type of thing. So we have four squares, uh, just or four content blocks, just like what we have right now. They're going to be right across, right across in one row. And those four are going to be our featured articles. And then if you move down, we have a new type of article out there, which which we're going to be calling Community Spotlight. Community Spotlight is going to be uh, community-driven content. And that's going to be, you know, we're going to have more announcements on how to apply to get in there and that type of stuff later because we haven't actually figured out all of the details ourselves. However, moving forward, there's going to be, so there's going to be two uh, it's basically two large rectangles that are uh, in one row, and that's going to be to show off our community projects. So, you know, it's going to have a nice big screenshot there. If someone clicks in, there's going to be a whole bunch of information they can read on, read on what it is and that type of thing. And I'll get into that page in a moment. And then just like in traditional sort of more modern blog style, each section I've done in a slightly different layout. So the next section down, down the page is going to be what I call from the news. And basically it's going to be really small little thumbnails with the category, the headline, the author, and the, and the date, just like all the other ones. And so they're little tiny thumbnails. There's actually going to be four of them and there's going to be an ad spot right to the right of them. And then even further down, if we move down even further, we're going to have another thing called, uh, I just call it frameworks for now, but it's obviously going to be probably called something different. And basically it's just going to be three squares. Those are going to be three square thumbnails with the, uh, the title author and date, uh, located below, located below the square, but left aligned. And then the category is just going to be in a little bar at the top of the, at the top of the thumbnail. So this is going to kind of break up the design. One of the major things that we had complaints about, uh, with, with our website is that it's just a whole bunch of squares that you click into it. And then it's just, it's basically like two page types for the most part, other than the fact that there's some content differences on some of the pages, it was kind of very samey. So this should kind of help with that a lot. 
Um, if we move over to the same thing, but in tablet design, basically, instead of having those four, so mentioning those four uh, featured four featured tiles or four featured content blocks, instead of having those four actually, you know, stack on top of each other, they're going to be scrollable. So it's going to keep, just, it's just going to keep shrinking. So in the tablet design I have on the screen right now, I have two and then one's cut off and it's just going to be scrollable left or right. And it's going to be obviously scrollable because I'm going to have it cut off and like kind of half faded on the one that's out of, out of reach. So you can kind of like swipe over to it and it'll, it'll work like that on, on uh, smartphones as well. And uh, Community Spotlight is basically going to be the same thing. It's going to shrink down into smaller squares since they're larger 50% width squares. And then they're basically going to be scrollable after that. And then the rest of it, of course, is just going to collapse like normal. The the blocks are going to stack on top of each other. And that's going to be more of a standard thing. But this sort of different, it's almost like a mosaic of different designs. This type of mosaic of different designs is going to be easy to read, but also break it up a bit. So hopefully that should address some of the complaints that we've come up with. Uh, it stopped me any time, Mike. I'm just kind of okay. ripping through this. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me uh, let me comment on the on the homepage while I can. Can you go back to the uh, desktop? Just what I'm looking yep. at. Uh, okay. So what I what I really like and what something I want to point out is uh, the community spotlight is a big thing. Uh, again, Matt Matt has said that we don't we don't have any like full on plans for it yet, but we know it's going to be there and we know it's going to be a big portion of the site, and that's why it's kind of going to be right the almost dead center and the second thing that people will see when they get to the site. Uh, and we want to, we want to point that out because one of the biggest positives that we've gotten out of the HTML of things is, has been the community. It's been a great experience for us, like with the discord and all the chat, all the people reaching out to us on Instagram and Twitter and all that, that's been the best part of everything. Um, and we really appreciate that. And what we want to do is we want to kind of, work on that and make it even better and we want to make it so that people that are part of the community can then be also featured on our website be also featured in our podcast and stuff like that like it it, it's a i want the community to play a big role and i want it to remain the the kind of positive and helpful thing it is and i want this to kind of propagate that so we haven't fully nailed down all the details for yet but i really like the fact that you put the community so prominently there um so i'm a big fan of that i also like the from the news um i was thinking we could somehow integrate web news into that, like somehow, I don't know, if, uh, or we just call it web news, but I don't know if that's going to be kind of confusing because it's not exactly web news, but it, we do kind of usually take web news from the news. So maybe we can call it that. I don't know, because that's kind of our branded slogan, I guess. And a lot of people know what that is at this point. Um, that's a cool little segment. And and the, the, the one concern, and I don't know if this is more of a concern for you more, more than me, is how are you going to handle the different aspect ratio images? Is it going to be a more zoom, like, is it going to zoom into the middle of the image? Is it going to, like, how is it going to work? Uh, like, I can, there's a lot of customization on the image side that I can do, but how do, how would you want it to work? That's my question. Well, one of the things is, is like, obviously, because the content blocks for the featured stories are obviously going to be, you know, sort of taller. Like they're basically like a rectangle, but like it's they're they're taller than they are wide. Uh, and then the from the news section is like these little tiny things that are more or less squares. One of the issues obviously is is that a story that is from the news section could be featured at some point and then obviously that thumbnail no longer works. What I'm thinking of doing is basically just having it so that the standard is to upload a rather large thumbnail and mm-hmm. just have it sort of figure it figure itself out with with cms or with uh, css like basically have it so that it like kind of centers itself or whatever but there is like sort of a way we can fix it to an extent is focus areas so i presume with the cms um and like i haven't touched it but basically what it'll be is is i'll basically 
make it the background image of these squares, make it so that it, you know, it, it's covered and all that stuff like that. So that it doesn't, there's no awkward, like repeating and that type of thing. It just covers whatever's there. But because it's larger, a bunch of it will be cut off. And what we'll, what we'll basically do is we'll have a focus area, I think, in the CMS, where if we run into a problem, it probably won't be in version one of the website. But should there be a problem, we'll have it so that people can click on an area like, oh, I'll focus center, center, you know, center, left, center, center, right, top, left, like just literally the CSS commands, where it'll literally focus the image. So like, if there's somebody's face in the bottom left, and you want that to be in the in the actual image, we'll focus it center left kind of thing. Um, but mm, so I, it'll I, be part of the CMS payload, yes. which way it's going to focus. I see. Okay, But I, I gotcha. don't think that'll be in version one because ultimately it's such a large image and we're doing code where I don't see there being a lot of people being in there. And if we're yeah. like cutting off some code and that type of thing, it's just for flavor, right? It's usually it's just, a cover image, yeah. Yeah, it's just to make it look good. It's not necessarily – like a bunch of our cover images are obviously cut off and like we've done – we've recently done a rather larger site. And a lot of their images are cut off. It's just because it's just, it's more or less eye candy and to break it up, right? You're there for the content. You're not necessarily there to like look at the best photos. If that's really, you know what I mean? Like this isn't a stock photo site kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it, that has been thought through with the, with the focusing and worst case, if something were to go awry, we can obviously make an image standard that'll work for us, but I don't see that really happening, especially right away. Yeah. So it should be okay. okay. I think. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's a, that, that sounds good to me. Um, yeah, I think I, I, I like the, I think I like the scrolling of the stuff in the tablet and phone section. Cause then people can see it in like regular size for the most part. And they, you know, we don't have to shrink it down to ineligible. We, we just, I think what one thing that we'll have to do is we'll have to make it very evident that it's a scrollable section. Yes, most definitely like this, this section here. So for example, on uh, just for the listener out there, there's there's two, there's three content blocks, uh, one, two, and then the third one on the far right is actually cut off for the most part. Uh, in the in obviously, I'm not doing like opacities and that type of stuff in my wireframes, but this is going to be like oh, going to have like an opacity set to it, like a gradient opacity, like and we'll basically fade off. yeah, it'll be like fading off the side, so then people will want to scroll, and then chances are I'll also end up putting in a scroll bar underneath. So you can easily see like oh, I need to scroll it over, or maybe even dots. Like some people will have with like carousels and that type of thing so that people mm-hmm. kind of get the interface. Um, it, it, it was definitely something that came up in my concerns where I was thinking like, oh, people won't really get that. But at the same time, it's like I'm pretty sure they will. And anyone who is on our website who is into web development uh, would get it as well. So from a UX perspective, I think it should work. Be, I think it should work fine. And I think it I think it adds enough UI flair where I think it's like I think it's worth it to try it out at least. And then worst case, if it's, if people are like, I don't know where these other two articles are for some reason, we can always just cut it back. Like we can always just make it so that they stack on top of each other. Like that's always a fallback plan. And you can easily do that in CSS as well. So. Okay. Sounds good. Um, so then if we move over to our articles collection page, so I'm calling this the collections page because this is literally the collection of articles you can, you know, click here to read more. So it's really standard. There is a, there is a thumbnail on the left, there is a headline, there is a blurb, which is like a small thing that summarizes the article, and then there is a read article button on the bottom, and uh, probably we're probably going to make the whole thing clickable, so it'll all be just one big read article button, but, you know, just to make it look good, people might want to click that specific button there, 
really easy. Uh, there's going to be uh, sponsored posts in there as well. We're going to try to add do those because we haven't done those for really anyone. It's weird. None of our customers has ever asked us to do those either. Uh, just, I don't know, luck, luck of the dice or luck, whatever. That, that That's also wrong. I can't speak today. Swift words and luck of the dice, but whatever. Um, so that's our articles collection page. Really standard, but it's meant for reading. And that was sort of my thought process is like, I'm not going to add like a bunch of like flashy stuff here. Uh, yeah. But I will say that this can't be reflected in wireframes, but I will say that I really want to make this site really polished. So I want nice transitions, like, you know, fade in, fade out, nice hover effects, that type of stuff. Uh, and um, I plan on doing some of that in Adobe XD as well, depending on how fast we want this to, to go. Cause I, cause since I'm the one making it and I made the wireframes, I could just kind of like fire it out right now. I could yeah. always just start with, you know, the HTML, CSS, whatever. Um, but like I want to make this site like super polished in that way where it looks really nice and like actually like it, there's no rough edges and that type of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So then going into the article page, this is a singular article page. So basically, again, you have your uh, big you have your big cover photo, which is uh, I want to say 100 percent width, but we're going to have like a reading container limit. So it'll be like limited to like 1100 pixels wide or something like that, just so that, you know, ultra wide monitors, you're not having this absolutely gargantuan cover image. It just looks just look foolish at that point. So basically, we'll have this uh, very large cover image that goes up top, and then you'll have, obviously, your headline, your author name, and then your share. And then if you go down, you basically have your basic, you know, here's your here's your written stuff, here's like an ad in between it all, here's like more written stuff. And then I've added this type of stuff, so more from HTML, all the things, so whether we have it so that it will pull random articles from the same category or what, but there's like currently three here. Um, and it, you know, gets less as the screen size gets smaller, but it'll be like more information, all the things, you know, some other articles you may want to read that type of stuff. That's at the bottom there. So when people are done their article, they could continue to read more of our content. And then if we move over to podcasts, so podcast is a big thing for us. And this is one of the pages, um, that I kind of gave the home, the homepage treatment. So basically what I've done here is right now we actually embed the player. And I actually think that we shouldn't do that. I think we should just actually have it play. And so one of the goals I have at the moment, and God knows whether we're going to be able to actually get this going in the first, like within a reasonable amount of time with our host uh, as well, this you know, because we obviously have to abide by Podbean's, uh, you know, abilities and how this works is basically, I want this, I have a big old HTML5 player up here and I want this to actually just play the, play the file directly without us having to actually upload it. Like, we'll upload it to Podbean, which is our host, like I said, and then we'll end up having this actually just play from there without okay. using their embedded player. Uh, I think it what's should be... The, hmm? What's the logic What's the logic behind not using, like, a Spotify embedded or a uh, Podbean? Because I'm using this, so this is, like, a real big player tile. So it almost looks like a cover photo for those that are listening, and it's, like, a real big player tile because I want to have this description. I want to be able to control, like, this is, this is... So right now, this is the podcast collection page, which lists all our podcasts. I want to be able to control it and I'll show you why, what I mean in a minute. Cause I'm, what oh, I use okay. is, is I use this cover, like oh, I'm calling it the cover player. I'm using this cover player, um, in the actual individual podcast pages to, to keep the design, the, you know, obviously consistent across the two. Um, but if I scroll down, I have again, so just like with the featured articles on the homepage, I have the last, the recent episodes. So basically when you start on the page, the first thing you'll see is the latest episode. You'll scroll down. You'll see the latest four episodes. So these are now the top five, right? Latest episodes. And then, you know, the second last and then third last, fourth last, fifth last. And then you scroll down and there's uh, there's older episodes. And these are these are arranged in um, 
in a similar way to the last section that I mentioned on the homepage with sort of a more square design with the title being below the actual thumbnail. And that'll be right down there. Uh, and then also just because some people were complaining or not complaining, but they were uh, confused by why their podcast player was saying like, oh, why is my podcast player say it's like episode, you know, 52 or whatever it was. And when it's actually only episode 50 and that's because of our tidbits. So I have with these wherever a category would be on a standard story, it's actually just going to be episode X. So, you know, episode one, two, three, four, five, or tidbit one, two, three, four, five, et cetera, just for, you know, complete clearance. And that'll be, that'll be easy enough for people uh, to track and follow along. And these of course will all lead to our show notes for the individual episodes. Um, and uh, the player works on all sizes. It just kind of like squeezes. So if we move over to the individual podcast page, what this is where the big difference is. So, what I've done is there's less em- right now. There's a big emphasis on the current existing website right now. There's a big emphasis on our availability bar and allowing people to like literally stream everywhere. Now we had a, a couple discussions about this and whether or not we wanted to keep it, whether we wanted to remove it. And I do think that we should keep it, but I do agree that it's not as important as, as maybe just listening or maybe people who are, you know, already subscribed on Apple podcasts or would have you and just want to look at the show notes. So what I've done here is I still have this cover this cover photo, and I'll, I'm actually probably going to throw this on our Instagram just to just so people can see what I mean. Uh, maybe sometime this week. Basically, what it is, it's this really big player that's 100% width within those reading constraints. Like I said, 1,100 pixels or so, and it's a real big player. But at the bottom here, below the play, it also says uh, it says also on. And without having real flashy big buttons that are all themed, it literally just has all the services: Podbean, RSS, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, etc. And the only thing, and so like this looks really nice all stretched across here. The only thing that I was that I uh, wasn't sure on because I added this later is this is going to get sort of crowded when it has to collapse. So on desktop, it can be one big row, right? But then once it starts getting into two rows, it's kind of okay. That's on tablet because like obviously it's shrinking. And once it gets to three rows, it's a little bit crowded. But I think I need to get this into the actual software and see how it looks and maybe tweak some font size and that type of thing. But in terms of layout, I kind of think this is where I want to go and maybe even have this collapsible on certain, like on really small screens, say like, you know, show, show like uh, the also on kind of thing. Um, then of course, yeah, right below that, you obviously have your show notes, um, the comments. Like we we're trying, to, we're going to try to move our discuss over, maybe if we can, because uh, we do have a couple comments on there now. So we'll move that over, and then obviously a, a more from HTML, the things there again, which will more than likely be podcast stuff. Like it'll just specifically suggest other podcasts, because I think one of the things we'll, we'll do with the podcast show notes, especially with this new CMS, is we'll actually have it so that there'll be more categories and more. Um, like meta tags and that type of thing. Like we'll, we'll choose what to put in there to, to categorize. And then that'll drive the more from HTML, the things podcast at the bottom. Um, and then we'll, moving over to the community spotlight. So this is very, very, very draft because we don't know exactly what we want, but this is the community spotlight collections. This lists all of it. So basically it's really easy. There's a few squares or more or less rectangles. And it literally just says project name, like right dead center project name by author. So, you know, by the, whoever, whoever in the community submitted it, clicking on that will bring you to the page. So you click on that and we'll bring, this brings us to the last page that I have wireframed here, which is the community spotlight page. This is an individual page. And basically what I thought of with this was basically an app store. So what I'm thinking is, is a lot of people here are going to be making either, either changes to big open source things, or maybe they're going to make their own open source projects, their own frameworks, whatever they're making. It's kind of like an app. So what I did was, is I have an image here with like, with scroll, with uh, some chevrons. So those, those allow people to scroll through a variety of pictures, clicking on them. will bring up a big light box where there'll be the full size. Cause obviously this is rather small and you can scroll through those pictures right beside that. I have 
really easy. Like it's, it's basically a table. So project name and you list your project name, you submitted by, so who in the community, as well as their social links. Cause like Mike said, we want to, you know, promote our community. So I, right now I just have a Facebook, a Twitter and a GitHub link, but we'll probably add some more in there as well that people could give us. And then it also says available on. So right now I just have a website, like a, just a generic website button. So if, you know, if they're hosting the project on their own website, they could put that in, or there's a GitHub a logo there, a little GitHub icon there, so they could always use that. And then there's a big blurb here. So this will be all, again, this is all very draft, but at the moment, my I envision this being completely user-controlled. And so this will be all user-controlled and that they'll be able to type in their own description, their own thing, and it'll be all optional as well. That's kind of the design for the top part. So this this kind of top part with the pictures and the project name submitted and the available on, is that all that stuff's going to be mandatory, but the written part is not. And so this is like just enough information to someone be like, oh, like someone made this and look, I like this picture. I'll click on the, you know, available on to check out their GitHub to read their readme or whatever if they didn't want to write a blurb. But the site it will accommodate if someone wants to write a piece on their on their on their piece, essentially. Um, but yeah, that's 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 my wireframes. It took me quite a while to put them together because I kind of like flip flip flopped a lot on some of the design choices. But this is sort of a really big this is like we really want this site to last. So I kind of think this is following a lot of like modern blog trends with the different layouts and the, the like dynamic blog page layouts where you could have written parts, you could not having images that are more dynamic, having like, you know, the cover photos be cover photos, just be massive and just kind of like dynamically place that type of stuff. So I don't know if you want, if you have any questions, comments or whatever, Mike, but that's, that's, yeah, that's my wireframes. <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. Like I, I, I like a lot. Of, I like most of it. Uh, the, the podcast pages are really cool. Um, I'm still, I'm still on the fence about the available on the availability bar. Essentially, right. uh, I still I still think we have some discussion on that. Um, my my thought like, my thought uh, process is this: is like if someone is in, if someone is on their like this this is the UX I, I think behind it. So if 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 I am looking for help on Vue.js and I look that up and we show up in a Google search, right? Because we want to SEO this thing like like really well, right? With a focus on it, so somebody Googles that and says like, I want to, I want to listen to like on my commute, I want to listen to, or I need help with UJS. So they click on it. They find our podcast. They want to listen to it. Well, if they want to listen to it and they have their own podcast app, which a lot of people do, then it's, it's much more convenient, especially if they have car integrated apps or something like that for them to be like, Oh, I really like this particular episode. I can then click my service. Like if, if, if uh, a prime example would be tune in, TuneIn is actually integrated into some cars and we are on the TuneIn service. So you could literally click on TuneIn, like click the TuneIn button. It takes you right to our, right to that exact episode link. The person is more than likely signed in on their PC. They can click follow, same on the phone too. You click follow or whatever TuneIn does, follow or subscribe or what have you. Then when that person goes to their car, it's already set up. That was my thought process with it. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's reasonable. I, th- I think that makes sense for a UX, from a UX perspective. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what anyone else thinks, uh, community, if you're still listening. Let us, let us know for sure if, you, if, if that's something that you would use or you have used maybe because we do have the availability bar currently on the site. Uh, so that, that would require us to still have to enter in all those links and stuff like that. But I guess that'll be a little bit easier now that we have uh, scheduling in place that we will have. Sch- well, I mean, we already have scheduling in place now for, uh, for this new site. Um, yes we most definitely need scheduling for the new site because like right now we release our show notes a little bit later but yeah so this this time it'll be a little bit easier okay so that makes sense to me okay and i like the site the the one thing i would say is uh, article pages should probably also have a comment block 
Yes. So that was one of the things is I don't know whether or not we're going to be using our discuss and discuss actually handles this more from HTML thing as well. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't really sure whether or not I should put that on all the pages. So this is sort of just more like a demo where it's like, yeah. hey, look, here's what the comment section will look like. But at the end of the day, if we're more than likely going to be using discuss. And so like, I'm not going to like mock up discuss. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we can we can handle the more the more from ourselves, and maybe probably turn that off and discuss. Sure, that's if we wanted to. Um, I could see I could see us doing it in multiple different ways, so we can discuss that as well. Uh, I'll have to think about it a little bit, but yeah, I mean, I, I from a full design perspective, this looks like a really functional. It's like it, it's looking good. It, it's it's definitely like way more complete, I would say, than our la- than our original like the, our site that's live right now, which I like. Um, everything about it is kind of really, it, it, it essentially pinpoints exactly what we want from the site. I think, I think it's, it's very clear when you get there. Like if you go back to the homepage on the, yeah, it's very, it's pretty clear what we want. We want, like, we're, we're very much about the community and we're very much about, uh, you know, posting articles and podcasts and stuff like that. Cause those, those first four links up there will be very much you know, center around whatever we're doing currently. So it's either going to be a guide on Vue.js or a guide on Tailwinds, or it's going to be a, a podcast episode that we want to promote and stuff like that. So I like that. Um, yeah, I think, and the, from the news section or the web news, whatever we want to call it, uh, is going to be also interesting for people because it's going to be a curated list of articles that we chose that we read ourselves for the most part and have decided that would be interesting for you to read. And it'll be kind of a cross promotion opportunity for, for, for different sites. Like we don't, we want other sites to succeed as well as ourselves. We don't want us to be the only community. And obviously we're not going to be. I don't think we're going to get really like my expectations are not going to be like, you know, we're going to be the biggest community ever. We want to be a good community and like we want to always have that, you know, welcoming feeling. And we want people to come to our site and 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 experience that. And we want to grow, obviously. But I think this kind of per, like promotes that growth and it promotes the the aspect that we're actually curating it ourselves and stuff like that. I like that about the site. Um, yeah. And then we were talking about an about section. Like, I think we can still do something there, but maybe not on version one. Well, we'll see. Like I was thinking more of a cartoony about section, but uh, it might not fit into the aesthetics of the site, but I'm curious to see what you're going to do in the Adobe XD uh, design, like the, the high fidelity designs of this. And like the actual prototypes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering what the actual like color scheme and stuff is going to be. I'm, I'm, I'm really curious about that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, o- overall, I think yeah, keep keep going with this. I think like we, I think you can move on to uh, the uh, prototypes. Yeah, definitely. Like I just finished these up today. Like obviously in between client work and that type of thing over the last couple of weeks. And I think this is this is sort of like what I would even present to a client. I think it's at that point, like in terms of yeah. wireframes, where like this is definitely like a modern. Like this is a modern blog, tech blog slash whatever, and it's all inclusive. You can listen to the show right here. You can check out the community stuff all right here. You don't have to leave, but if you want to leave, you know, oh, I want to, I want to only read your stuff on this, or like I only want to listen to your stuff on Castbox. Well, you can go and do that. Yeah. You know, so. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um. So I don't know what you want to do. Do you want to do the web news? Do you want to do it like right now and just like have it in this episode, or like do you want to? Well, I think I think that this episode's already long enough. I don't think that, and it's already a discussion episode. So I don't think I personally don't think we should be doing the episode, the the web news in the same episode. But it is a good web news, and I think people want to hear it. So I think we should release a bonus episode this week, 
maybe on Friday with the web news. That's fine with me. And with that being said, we did indeed cut out the web news this week because it was quite lengthy in and of itself, and this episode was getting rather long. So you can find the episode, if you're listening to this on the day that this episode releases, which is on Wednesday, you'll be able to find it on Friday. That's, you know, in a couple of days. And if you're listening to this in the future, this doesn't apply to you, but this does. Thank you for listening, and make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing on the platform of your choice. You can follow us on the socials via at HTML all the things. That's on Facebook and Instagram. You can also follow us on Twitter via at HTML everything. We are on Medium and we're on GitHub. And remember, we are also on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash HTML all the things. Check out the tiers and give that a go. Many thanks to our $3 tier patrons, which include Sean from RabbitWorks JavaScript. You can find him at youtube.com slash RabbitWorks JavaScript. And Works is spelled W E R K S. Also, Garrick from Local Path Computing and Web Design. You can find him at localpathcomputing.com. Also, many thanks to Craig, a.k.a. Cosworth. And last but not least, Ryan Gatchel from Blue Black Digital, which you can find him at blueblackdigital.com. Feel free to leave a comment or a review on the platform that you are listening to this on, and we are signing off. Yeah.